Hello, mosslings, ghouls, and creatures of the night. You must have been attracted to our lot. You're listening to the Midnight Moth Podcast. I'm your host, Olive, from the band Pumpkin Guts, and this is your co-ghost, the Mothman, Molly Von Mothra. Hi, guys. I really had to think there for a second. That was weird. I've been I've been introducing myself as Olive now for like weeks and I still almost said Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I heard I heard the pause. You were like, wait, who am I? <laughs> Just dead name myself there. <laughs> <laughs> so we are fully into the the warm months here. Like it's still springtime, but it might as well already be summer. Like eighty degrees, degrees right now. And it's in the morning while we're recording this so i'm dying (laughs) yeah um it's pretty gross i'm not gonna lie i'm so mad at myself because i do this with literally every season but like i'll be like please let it be hot or please let it be cold and then soon as it turns i get angry about it right like i don't like the I don't like the extremes of either of those things, though, you know. Um, I definitely, thanks to my old drafty house that I live in, I do a lot better with cold now than I used to. Like, I can stand pretty cold temperatures and it not bother me at all. But, like, the the heat is the thing I cannot deal with. It's it's the worst. It, like, makes me angry. <laughs> like, yeah. I, get, I get so upset whenever it's hot. It just, like, puts me in a bad mood. I don't know. Like, I can't stand being sweaty. Right. You know, that is, like, a thing, though. Like, um, in the summer months, the rate, the, like, rates of road rage and homicide, it, like, triples across this country in the summer. <laughs> Oh, it makes perfect sense because I get like irrationally angry for no reason whenever I get too hot. Yeah, it's terrible. And like, I don't know. I just like, like I can just feel myself rotting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bad thing about Kentucky for any of you guys that are from here and you know all about it is we have summer and we have winter and that's it. There's like a week of spring and a week of fall in between and that's it. Right. And it's so hard. You know, so much of my my life and my personality and everything is it centers around Halloween and the, and paranormal and ghost stories and things like that. And it is really hard to stay in the mood for that stuff sometimes whenever it's so hot outside because it's kind of like all I want to be all I want to do right now is watch the leaves change colors, but it's not anywhere near time for that. And then like you I turn on my little wax warmer thing and it smells like fall and it's awesome, but then I walk outside and it's disgusting. So Can you get attacked by pollen and <laughs> Yes, yeah, I can't even breathe out there. <laughs> I'm not a summer girl. God, no. I do love the, you know, like, I love the flowers. I love seeing, right now is butterfly season. There's butterflies everywhere. The birds are out, like, all the different kinds of birds, not just the cardinals and stuff. I like seeing all of that stuff, like the wildlife and everything. But early morning is really nice, and evening is really nice. But all the hours in between that are terrible. (laughs) Yes, because it's, like, blistering hot, and you walk outside, and the air feels like you're breathing in pudding because it's so thick. Yes, that is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I will say when it rains out, though, that is kind of my thing. Like when, you know, it rains and then I can can listen to like my little ghost story podcast that I enjoy or watch like a Vincent Price movie or something. And and then I can, you know, that's like my element is the the rain. But as soon as that's over, it goes right back, if not worse to whatever it was before. (laughs) I will say that summer rain kind of hits a little different because, like, you 
smell it. Yeah, and it, it just it's it's refreshing. It's really nice. Last night was my uh, birthday party, and uh, I am officially with Molly now at being three hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a big milestone birthday. <laughs> my partner and Molly threw me the most amazing birthday party that I've had in years. They always come through for me for stuff like that and uh we we had a really great time so i really appreciated that and i wanted to shout that out and any mothlings out there who uh also took the time to tell me happy birthday i know we didn't like make a post on the midnight moth page this year but a lot of you all are fans of pumpkin guts and there were posts on there so um thank you all as well for the birthday wishes because by the time this episode comes out my birthday would have will be like two weeks ago (laughs) but yeah we've had like a, a really good time and Molly got me the coolest Jack Skellington bag. I, it's got like a pin window in it, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me either. Until I was like specifically looking for things like that. And I was like, oh, they make them cool. <laughs> <laughs> As if I just thought of it all by myself, you know. <laughs> right, like you thought about it and it materialized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other things that are going on this month, I know there are like a few other holidays and Mother's Day is one of them, but that will have passed by the time this episode comes out. So happy belated Mother's Day to anybody who fills that role in their life that's listening. We definitely appreciate mothers because we wouldn't be here without them. Absolutely. We love all you moms out there. If you're moms to kids or dogs or cats or whatever kind of little critters like you're you're still valid you're still mother yeah mother moth yeah little mother mothlings i really like that oh <laughs> it makes me envision like a really gigantic moth with like a bassinet full of little baby moths that have a big moth right? it's very cute even though i know baby moths are caterpillars but not in my <laughs> Not, not in my, my head, they're not. No, they're little baby moths. I forgot until you just said it like that. I was like, oh yeah, they're not just born. <laughs> right. And then on the 23rd, I believe it's the 23rd. If I'm wrong, I'll insert some audio here to correct myself. It's National Turtle Day. So like definitely want to celebrate that because I, uh, turtles are like amazing. They're They're like living dinosaurs. They're just really cool. And I can't think of any cryptids that are turtle related, but I will look for them before then so I can make a some sort of a post or something about turtle cryptids. I'm sure they exist. Whenever I went to camp and I was a kid, there was a legend that there was a two-headed turtle that <laughs> ate people that lived in that lake. So. See, that's amazing. So we need to celebrate that. I wish I could remember what its name was. The, the uh, two-headed turtle of Lake Shawnee. <laughs> I think it was Dewey Lake is where it was. Oh, well, that makes sense. There's, like, toxic waste in there. (laughs) It could definitely be real, actually. Yes. (laughs) For anybody from the area, you know. If you know, you know. Absolutely. (laughs) And this isn't a holiday, but on May 27th, Pumpkin Guts has a show in Louisville. So, anybody who's around for that, we are playing with a band called FMK, who's really cool, and we are also playing, finally, with The Response, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to do that. Pumpkin Guts shows are just getting better and better all the time, so... You don't want to miss out. But otherwise, I think, do you have any kind of news or anything you want to announce before we hop into our actual episode for the day? No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't have anything no. fun going on. 
Of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Never. All right. Well, we are doing Haunted Appalachia Volume 3. I think we've got, we'll have one more after this until we, before we get back into like our regularly scheduled program. Today, this one is focusing on ghosts and haunted locations again in the Appalachias. Some really cool stories to tell you all about and like... Most of them are in North Carolina because apparently, like we were talking about last time, North Carolina is the most haunted state in the Appalachians. I'm sorry, West Virginia, but I think you might be dethroned by North Carolina. Yeah, because I didn't realize how much there was until we started really looking into it. And I'm like, wow, like almost everything that we found has been North Carolina. (laughs) What y'all been doing over there? Right? Like, I just want to go spend a lot of time there now. Like, I feel like I could do do an entire vacation exploring haunted places in North Carolina. Yeah. It's very interesting, too, because one of my stories, and I'll talk, I guess I'll talk about it a little bit more when I actually get to it. When I was looking up stuff for it, there's several haunted locations that are all kind of in the same place. And they have a, a hiking trail like mapped out so you can get from each haunted location to you know from like one haunted location to another so wow yeah it's like a thing yeah to put it in perspective three of our four locations are north carolina today yeah and i guess to uh, get started i will do my non-north carolina story first (laughs) and then we'll uh And then, yeah, and then we'll be only in North Carolina from that point on. (laughs) The first location that we are going to today is in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it is called the Roaring Fork Motor Trail. So the motor trail is part of the Great Smoky Mountain. There are hiking trails in this area that are part of the Rio, Rio Grande hiking system, which is pretty cool. The name for this road comes from the roaring waters that run alongside the roads there. Like, so there's these big streams that are much like more ferocious, I guess you would say, in the area. And especially when it rains, like the water just pours down, you know, like through there. And so it sounds like roaring. And that's why they called it that. And I, because I, I, when I first saw the name of this, I was like, that sounds like you're talking about the like vehicles like it sounds like a racetrack <laughs> yeah it definitely does yeah but it's because of the water so that's pretty cool the road itself is five and a half miles long and it runs in a loop so that you can drive through the wilderness and enjoy seeing the the old growth forest there like these really well preserved log cabins gristle mills all kinds of historic buildings and things like that as far as the paranormal side of it i found a story that i was excited about so i'm gonna just i'm gonna just tell you like what the the legend is and i tried to obviously i tried to dig deeper into this and like confirm identities and things like that I had a hard time doing it it maybe is because of the time period that this story is from I don't know um but in any case I'm very excited about this ghost (laughs) (laughs) sometime in the early 1900s a man named Foster came across a woman uh who was walking down the road one winter night and he gave her a ride on his horse because she was barefoot and she seemed to be in distress 
But as they rode along on his horse, she calmed down and they talked to each other and stuff on this ride to her house. He really liked her. He thought like that she was pretty. He enjoyed her just like their conversation and all that stuff. After he dropped her off at her house and he went on his way, he could not stop thinking about her. And it was like just all the time she was the only thing on his mind. Uh, He just couldn't get her out of his head. Now, because of this time period, his immediate thought was that he needed to marry her. Uh, That's problematic, obviously, because, (laughs) you know. (laughs) That's definitely what you need to do. I can't stop thinking about this woman. I must marry her. Yeah, you would think he would have wanted to take her on a date or go to, you know, like something like that, like have dinner with her or something. But he kind of jumped the gun a little bit and went straight to wanting to marry her. So he went back to the house where he had dropped her off at so that he could speak with her parents about marrying her. (laughs) Um, But when he asked for her, her parents told him that she had been dead for several years. Wow, that's spooky. Right. Her name is Lucy. I don't have a last name for her, unfortunately. But to this day, people report seeing her on that motor trail, even though like you can't access the trail during the winter time because it's not safe. But like, I guess people see her other times of the year, because if you do like a search, you can find like people who have spotted this apparition. But, but yeah, like she's a woman named Lucy who is in like her early twenties. Apparently what had happened to her was that one of her, like her house, her, she lived in a cabin there. You know, I was talking about like they have those preserved cabins and stuff. Her cabin had actually burned down and she died in, in the fire with her, you know, with the cabin. So sad. Yeah. It's very sad. I guess like, because maybe where her home was there and stuff, she still just haunts those roads to this day. And like whenever people will stop to uh, try to pick her up to help her, you know, she vanishes. So she is one of my favorite types of ghosts, as I've talked about. She is a hitchhiking ghost. I'm very <laughs> just like, and I, I might get to actually go to Gatlinburg this summer. And I'm just super excited about it because I'm like, I might get the opportunity to see a hitchhiking ghost in real life. <laughs> You could definitely go visit that trail then. Yes, I really want to. There is like, like I was talking about the hiking trails that are connected to that area. In At the hiking trails, there is like a, a cabin that you meet the the tour leader kind of person at. They t- take you to other little like haunted locations and stuff like that too. So there's different cabins and historic buildings that actually have other other ghosts and stuff in them as well i just was very excited about lucy Um, i love that that's really cool yeah i mean there's just something very intriguing to me about a a ghost that that is attracted to like a roadway you know like i feel like um (laughs) when they're attached to houses and buildings and stuff that's so typical and makes a lot of sense i guess but there's some sort of almost like a freedom kind of to a ghost that that just wanders a road it's like they they have more i don't know they have like more agency or something like they have they can they can do more things than a ghost that's like stuck in a house (laughs) yeah but yeah that is uh the the hitchhiking ghost of the roaring fork motor trail that's really interesting i would love to go visit that and see if we could see lucy 
Yeah, me too. I really, I really would love that. Like, I don't know. That would just make my entire life probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the first location that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to say it's more paranormal than it is haunted. Okay. But it's still really spooky. And that is the Brown Mountain Lots in Linville Gorge, North Carolina. So apparently for hundreds of years, there have been these mysterious lots that have been appearing at the Brown Mountain. A lot of people have tried to explain the origin of the lots, but there's not any like scientific, like nothing's been conclusive. Right. As to like a real reason why they're there but lots of people have seen them and there's been like lots of different depictions of them some people say that they see them like way up in the sky some people see them on the ground sometimes they're big giant balls of fire sometimes they're little tiny almost like specks of light Mm -hmm. but according to the cherokee legend around 1200 a.d there was a great battle that was fought between the cherokee and the Catawba people and the lots are from maidens searching for their men who died in battle. Oh, wow. But in 1771, there was a German scientist who claimed that the lots was inflamed nitrous vapors, but that was like immediately disputed. And then in 1913, a U.S. geological survey concluded that they were locomotive headlights, which doesn't make any sense. No. Because it says even after the tracks were washed away that were there, three years later, people still continued to report saying a lot. But also that doesn't make any sense because they were like appearing for hundreds of years. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Like, I don't know why they thought that like, oh, it's just these trains. Yeah. Like Like in 1600. Yeah. It was the trains still. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) that's so cool i love i love the stuff about the the lights like that like i know we've never done an episode on that and i thought about it back when we did like our darkness month episode because i thought that would kind of like coincide with that but there are instances of lots just like orb orbs of light appearing all over the world I don't know. It's like a paranormal phenomenon, and there some of sometimes they find some sort of scientific explanation that makes sense, but most of the time there isn't one. So I think and that is so weird. Yeah, like I couldn't imagine. I don't know, like seeing something like that. Like it would be hard to even wrap your mind around what you were looking at. There was actually a man um, in 1982 who claimed that he touched one. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this guy's name was Tommy Hunter. And he was on a highway overlook. And he said that there was one like floating like right below it. And he reached down and touched it. And said that he described it as he had stuck his finger in a light socket and got shocked and there were actually six other people who were with him and they all vouched for his story. These lights were actually on an episode of the X-Files too from 1999 called The Field Trip if anybody wants to look that up. And uh, you can go to this website if you're like ever interested in going and seeing these lots. Like they still appear like all the time. It says that the best times to see it is in the fall and right after it's rained. But you can go to this website called blueridgetraveler.com and there's like a list of popular spots where you can see them. You know, I think that would make sense that cuz ghosts in my opinion are energy right like so if those lights are the energy of a soul 
then it would have an electrical charge to it, you know? Like, I can see that shock in you. I I mean, you know, you could imagine if you were a, like, a spouse of somebody who died in battle, how much grieving and stuff you would feel, especially if you couldn't find their body. So if that really is where that comes from, I would say that that would be very highly emotionally charged energy too, you know. So that that's so that's just such an interesting story. I love that. Yeah, it's really interesting that like it's not it still can't be explained, you know, like it's just a thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would like to go see those as well. <laughs> just <laughs> add that to the uh paranormal road trip. <laughs> add it to the list. Yeah, eventually we just need to have an RV and try. That's what our whole life is going to be just traveling around. As soon as we can retire. Yeah, we'll just spend all of our time uh, going to paranormal locations. (laughs) Yep. So, my um, last story is about Chimney Rock in North Carolina. So, this rock structure is located about 45 minutes outside of Asheville. I couldn't find the the name of the actual, like, place. But I think that it's somewhere near, like, Lake Lure or something like that. The The rock face is, it is 315 feet in the air, making it highly visible to anybody passing by this area. And it's located inside of a national park, which makes it a popular climbing destination at this point in time. But this location is home of one of the strangest paranormal phenomenons in the entire Appalachia region. One thing, like one story of the paranormal here happened in 1804, according to an article from the website called graybeardrentals.com, which is like a tourism website. But uh, Elizabeth Reeves was eight years old that summer when she saw something that she saw something that alarmed her. And she had seen a man on top of Chimney Rock. Now, like, where this rock was so tall, and at that point in time, you know, people didn't do, like, rock climbing and stuff the way that they do now. You would have literally had to use your bare feet and hands to climb this rock to get on top of it. So it was, like, essentially impossible for a human to be up there. So she went home because she, you know, she was freaked out. And she alerted her brother to the sighting and begged him to come look at it with her. And he didn't believe her. So, you know, it took her a while to convince him. Eventually, once he reluctantly came to see the man, to his surprise, there was not just one man there. There was many, many people there. Um, There was no distinct features that they could make out because it was so high up. But, like, there was thousands of others like flying around in the air dressed in white and at least six other people saw this including these children's mother and also one of their neighbors it went on for about an hour and then these beings just descended into the sky that's terrifying (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i don't know is that angels is that aliens like what is that that's wild So after this happened, a few years later in 1811, another event took place. A lot lot more people actually reported seeing this than than this first one, uh, which probably is because it lasted longer. People started seeing human-like figures that were riding horses with wings around the top of the rock. 
And this phenomenon lasted for several days with sightings being reported every evening. And the beings, I don't know, I'm trying to imagine these horses, like I'm like Pegasus, I guess, because they had little horses. So it looked as if they were two opposing armies that were facing off with each other. But for a long time, like for the first, you know, couple weeks of this, all they did was kind of circle each other. They didn't do anything. And then they attacked each other and people reported seeing and hearing as these things like fought each other. And the entire uh, battle lasted for about 10 minutes. And then it seemed like the beings just like evaporated into the darkness. That is insane. I know. Like what? <laughs> that sounds like, I don't know. My first thought was like some kind of Greek gods or something like yeah. fighting each other. Right. Like, cause where else would you get a Pegasus at? <laughs> Yeah, just Greece. (laughs) (laughs) There's no explanation. None. Like, they do not know. Nobody knows. The people there kind of believed, I guess, because of the time and stuff, that it was some sort of um, a vision to do with the Revolutionary War. But other than that, there's just no explanation. Was it aliens? Was it ghosts? Was it gods? Like, what was it? I don't know. That is just, like, the wildest thing that I've ever heard. (laughs) Especially since so many people saw it and reported it and stuff. I hate that, like, there's never any, like, you can never get any proof of this stuff happening. (laughs) I know. I mean, especially back then, like, you know, there was not even a a camera. Like, what are you going to do? Like, quickly draw it? (laughs) (laughs) And I guess even then, it's not exactly proof. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Like our um, guy that had the Bigfoot drawing. <laughs> oh, my God. The guy that was in love with the Bigfoot. Yes. Because <laughs> he's like, I have proof. I drew him. <laughs> After he spoke to me telepathically. <laughs> but no, that's crazy. I um. Gosh, I would love to see... Well, I say I'd love to see something like that, but I feel like I would be terrified. Like, that's so scary. Like, what would you even do? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I would respond to something like that. Like, that would just absolutely... I don't know. Like, how do you wrap your mind around what's happening? That's, like, a lot of the stuff that we talk about. Like, I don't... It's so outlandish and, like, out of the natural realm of things. Like, what do you... How does your mind process it? I don't know. But that spot is very popular. And, like, it's in the middle... That... Where it's at in that national park, there's lots of other haunted locations around that area. So, you can actually do these different, like, uh, hiking trails and stuff to see your different haunted locations i guess kind of like the other thing that i talked about from tennessee because i i'm really into nature stuff right now and i guess where it's summer i was kind of looking into the haunted like outdoor sort of areas in the appalachians there's a, a haunted forest there as well that you can go to so i didn't really look deep into the haunted forest part of it but that sounds cool to me too i'd love to go see the haunted forest <laughs> yeah yeah there's um I don't know. There's just lots and lots of haunted places like throughout the Appalachians. I don't. I don't know why. Like specifically, Appalachia seems to be like insanely haunted and paranormal. I, I really, I think 
that it is because the Appalachians are the oldest mountain range on this continent. I mean, maybe possibly in the world, but I don't know that for sure. But that's why, like, if you look at a map, like a geological map of the mountains, um, they're a lot smaller than, you know, like mountains typically are. But that's because they've been here for so long. They've just eroded down over time. They're so old. And I, and that's, I really think that's why, because think of all that history, you know, and like, the Native Americans living around them and and having their burial grounds and their lives and their communities and stuff in the Appalachian Mountains and then anything else really that could have possibly happened around them. Anything concerning, you know, like the amount of animals that have been through there. They were underwater at one point. Like sometimes people find fossils of fish and stuff in the Appalachian Mountains. So there's just all kinds of things like that, I guess. And that's that's probably why it's just all the history and energy yeah that's that's very true so the last one that i'm gonna cover is actually uh the devil's tramping ground that already sounds scary (laughs) it kind of is um so this is located roughly 10 miles from siler city in western chatham county north carolina and what it is is it's a foot wide bare path forming a perfect circle 50 feet or 40 feet in diameter. And the local legend says that what caused this circle is that the devil himself comes up and he scorched the grass there and he paces in a circle plotting his evil deeds or whatever. So the weird thing about this area is like not as if it doesn't sound weird enough already, but it's this big, (laughs) like perfect circle, this big bare path. Nothing will grow on the actual path. Yeah. Everything outside of the circle grows fine. But on the inside of the circle, it's just like wiry dead grass. And it says, like, it said that if you put anything inside of the circle and leave it overnight, it'll look like it has been violently thrown out by the next morning. Like, nothing will stay inside of the circle. Interesting. But some people believe that the spot was an ancient meeting place for Native American tribes and that the path was formed from them performing, like, ceremonial dances. And then another theory links it to the lost colony of Roanoke Island. Okay. This story claims that the tramping ground was an area called uh, Croton, named for a fallen tribal chief buried there after a battle and the word Croatoan carved into the tree at Roanoke Island referred to this battle site. And in both of the stories, the tribal gods preserved this area as a memorial to their followers' loyalty. But either way, so it's very like it's it's been linked to either the devil himself or a a Native American tribal god. So both are pretty scary, but there's been no like conclusive scientific explanations for what is going on with that circle. I was going to say it could also be something to do with like faith, you know, it could be it could 100 percent be like a um, a fairy circle. Yeah, because um, what is it normally that they do? It's like mushroom, like circles of mushrooms. Yeah, or fairy circles. It could a hundred percent be something like that. And I mean, y'all know we don't mess with the fae around here. No, no and that one—that sounds like a. Um, if that is the 
thing, then that's some scary ones. Yes, absolutely. Like some very this big giant scorch circle. Yeah, that's some fae I don't want to meet. <laughs> but there have been some people who have been brave enough to actually camp inside of the circle overnight. I don't think that I would personally, but um, they claim to see shadowy figures outside of the circle all night. And several say that they never feel totally sane ever again after staying there. I think what I would do is like set up a camera in there. Well, see, that's the problem. You can't put anything inside. Well, yeah, that'd be because if it gets thrown, like just make sure it's not one that's real expensive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because that's what it said is like there's been people who have anchored things to the inside of the circle and everything and it still shows up outside of it on the next day. That is so wild. Nothing will stay inside the circle. See, there's actually like, a movie about it. What? What is it? I've what is it what is it it's fairly new um i found it whenever i was trying to look at my information for it it's actually called the devil's stomping grounds but it's based around this area and it just came out in 2022 but it got like almost eight out of ten stars on imdb so maybe it's pretty good huh i'll have to look into that yeah i'm really interested now because this seems like a very spooky area yeah See, what I would do if I was trying to figure out what was happening, and I'm sort of surprised nobody's done this. Maybe they have, and there's some kind of, like, something that's preventing anybody from knowing what happened. But I would set up a camera on the inside and one on the outside so that you could see, like, what exactly happened, you know? Though I suppose if it's the devil... Uh, you might not be able to see it because I've also heard stories of people having encounters with demonic beings or like devil devil top beings that vanish like on camera, you know, like the, the footage will go black or something. So you can't actually see what happened. Mm-hmm. So. I also wonder like how people camp inside the circle, but mm-hmm. I guess it's a lot harder to throw out a whole person than it is to throw out an object. <laughs> right. That makes me think more that it might be like the Fae or something then because they're not most of the time Fae don't actually like pick up a human and and remove them unless they're babies and then they can do it. But like, you know, full grown humans, they don't they can't really do it, I don't suppose. So like maybe it is more so something like that, like a Fae or Goblin or Gremlin or something. A Gremlin. A little Gremlin. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That just came out. I don't know. Where did you say that was at again? It's uh, located 10 miles outside of Siler City in western Chatham County, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Hmm, that's interesting. I kind of I kind of want to go see that, but I'm also kind of freaked out by it. So I don't know about that one. It's kind of scary, yeah. honestly. Like, I feel like there's something, there's definitely something going on there. Right. I just feel like anytime it's like something to potentially strong enough to harm you you know like i don't want to deal too much with that no i i don't mess with that i don't mess with demons and stuff like that right well i'm i'm enjoying this series quite a bit i didn't realize we would be covering north carolina so much i I almost feel like we could have just called this north carolina hauntings but um. (laughs) honestly like looking back if i'd known that there was so many there we could have done like several episodes just on that yeah there's still way more too 
yeah I kind of feel like that's some stuff we can maybe do in the in the future um and maybe like with bonus uh, content and things like that is like focus on different states and just yeah. do full you know but there are some states have a lot of stuff and some states don't have very much so I guess it just kind of depends on what you're looking for but I think we could do a whole entire you know like hauntings across America and just focus on different states and and stuff like that I think that would be an interesting thing maybe we could do in the future I'm also really like trying to find some different cryptids for us to cover and stuff as well um our our number one fan Travis sent me a list of uh like a map of like cryptids from different states and it's pretty cool Yes, he sent me that too, but I'm so sorry, Travis, I didn't respond because I'm not very active on Instagram right now. <laughs> but I did look at it. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, so um, we we have that as a resource. And then, uh, but yeah, our ne- so like our next installment and uh, last installment of this of this series for now anyway is uh going going to be cryptid based of course um i feel like my my little weird story today could have i feel like these are somewhat cryptid based stories as well they're not just ghosts they're also sort of cryptids um like my chimney rock story that was very much something cryptid-esque i feel like and not not as ghostly (laughs) feels like the city of angels was having a battle yeah exactly that's okay though i guess that's still it's still a haunted kind of thing it's just a different kind of haunted thing (laughs) it's very spooky yeah but yeah i've enjoyed doing this series i'm looking forward to getting us back on our our typical uh like episode release schedule though and also doing our new stuff with like the the current like you know paranormal news episodes and things like that i'm excited to i'm excited for the i I would say it's a new season of the show once we we kick it into the the summer uh months when we get back into our recording and like our regular release schedule and stuff technically i've just been still saying this is all season one (laughs) yeah i mean that's fine though But I think it would kind of be like season three once we we launch into the new stuff. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm Um, excited to do the paranormal news. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to do that. I think that'll be a really fun segment. uh, When we start on that, guys, um, we would love it if you started sending us any like news articles that you see about some weird creatures or weird phenomena anywhere. Like we would love to see it, and we'll. Make sure to mention it in those episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I prefer actual news articles as much as possible. But I'll tell you, I think something that counts is as long as, you know, we can find, which even if, I don't know, we'll figure out the logistics of it. But like when something gets really popular on like TikTok, like a paranormal phenomenon suddenly becomes very popular on there. I think that would even count. Like that's a thing that we could talk about because it would be relevant. You know, like if all of a sudden there's a bunch of people on TikTok being like seeing the same orbs in the sky or like something like that, you know, that, that would count, I believe. Yeah. Because a lot of the times it seems like, too like the media wants to hide things like that if it's legitimately happening yes yeah um 
So anything that that you see in the news, uh, definitely send that stuff our way. Um, and especially if it's local news for you, because you know if you're not if you're from a different place than us and it's a smaller town, we're not going to know about that stuff. So I'd I'd love to hear about any kind of paranormal stuff going on. You know, like yes, uh, the local news. That's the that's the ticket. It really is because that's usually where you're gonna you're gonna find your most like juiciest stuff I feel like like our last episode um when I covered the vegetable man I found that information like I found a whole article from some random uh local news site from West Virginia (laughs) wow yeah and I was like well this is cool I wouldn't have seen this had I not been specifically searching for it you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what I'm saying because I mean that's not going to be something you see on like NBC yeah about the vegetable be. man in West Virginia. It should be, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think there should be a paranormal da- database online that you can just go to and, and find all the articles about whatever you're you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Do <laughs> you have any closing thoughts before we, we start wrapping this up? I don't think so. So, uh, as always, we very much appreciate you all for listening. Um, we appreciate you for bearing with us through this little, uh, you know, whatever this thing is that, that I've been calling it. It's not a hiatus because we're still releasing stuff. It's just less stuff. Um, <laughs> but we've enjoyed doing this series and uh, we'll be wrapping it up on the next episode with Appalachian Cryptids. And then we'll be back into the full swing of things. So we appreciate you all for bearing with us through these last couple of months as we sort things out in our personal lives. We really appreciate all of our mothlings. We appreciate every listen that we get, any interactions we get on social media, all that stuff. Um, We could not do this podcast without you all. And we hope that we are like, you know, meeting your expectations and that you're enjoying this as much as we enjoy creating it for you. And we have a lot of cool stuff in store. So I'm just looking forward to that. I'm just looking forward to growing our Midnight Moth brand. If you all have any stories or anything that you would like to send us, we do have an email address that you can send that stuff to. And it is the Midnight Moth Podcast at gmail.com. Any particularly long stories that you have to send us, I would prefer you send it there. Um, But of course, you can reach out to us anywhere that you want to. We don't care. can find us on both instagram and facebook at the midnight moth podcast and you can find molly over on her instagram account yeah you guys can find me at tmm underscore co-ghost and as always i love to hear from you guys i love getting your messages um again sorry travis i didn't respond to you <laughs> <laughs> i can always say that and then i left him on red <laughs> but i didn't read them <laughs> Listen, I'm going to try to get better with that, guys. Like, I've not posted on there in forever, but I'm like here. I'm active. I'm just, uh, we've had a lot going on lately. Uh, Travis is getting a public apology. Yeah, Travis, Travis deserves a public apology because I, I specifically left him on red. <laughs> oh, man.
but we do love and appreciate you all. Um, I also think I need to go back through my messages. I believe I have like an alien story that I have still never addressed on the show. That is from quite a while ago. So <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> people are gonna quit like sending us stuff. <laughs> I responded to the message. I just didn't like, we haven't done anything with it. So I need to go back and find that too. So uh, if the person who sent me that is still a listener, I'm really sorry we haven't covered it yet, but we'll get, we'll get there. I promise. We, we have, we have years of shows ahead of us. So (laughs) don't fret. (laughs) But yeah, we do, we do really appreciate you all. Um, We love our little mothlings very much. And if you could, wherever you're listening at, make sure you are subscribed to the show so that you never miss an episode. And if you could also leave us a rating and a review, that would be awesome because that stuff helps other people find our podcast. The more ratings and reviews that we have, the higher up our ranks are, you know, so it's just going to help people find us. And the more people who listen, the more stuff we can create. So, uh, yeah, we really want people to listen. (laughs) 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 But um, we'll be back here in two weeks with another episode. Um, So we'll be back in two weeks (laughs) with another episode. Um, We thank you all again so much for listening. And until next time. We'll keep the lantern burning for you.